Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today is a really important day because I am going to talk to you about the first steps and signs of what happens when you finally begin the process of feeling your body come out of fight or flight. And it is so crucially important to understand this because it's going to feel not as good as you want it to feel. I don't really know what else to say. It's also not going to feel as happy and joyous and aligned. It's not like you're going from feast or famine to a potluck. Like it's, it's not you can just flip a switch and, okay, I've decided not to be in fight or flight. Of course, per usual, I will use a ton of examples, mostly from my life, some from my client's life. And I give these examples because it is the best way for me to help you, A, number one, understand it in like layman's terms of like, okay, I see what she means or, oh, she's had that experience. Okay, I'm not the only one. But also to help you be able to identify when it's coming up for you because you've given not just this is what you should feel or this is what might happen, but also an explanation of how that might look. And it is so crucially important to have this knowledge so that you don't spiral, so that you don't think you're in a deep, dark depression, so that you don't think it's never going to end so so that you know that your brain is doing exactly what it needs to do. So I would say 98% of my clients who either work with me one-on-one or do our Thrive program, they go through our module or we discuss fight or flight, really what it is, what the symptoms look like, all of the different things. And they show up to our call and they're like, oh my God, I think I've been living in fight or flight for decades. Like, oh my God, I think I've been living in fight or flight since the moment I had my kid. I would definitely say that with the pregnancies that I had, then stepping right into having preemies, I hands down went into fight or flight from the moment I had children. And it honestly just got more intense and worse because as things began to kind of crumble around me within my life, I had to continue doing more and more and more and more. And I also held on to the belief for so long that 
if I could do more, then I could fix Jonathan. If I could somehow do, quote, the thing, like if this is the thing, this is the thing that's going to make the difference. And I, I, I mean, fix, fix. I, I did any and everything, right? To just support my kids and support Jonathan, nonetheless, never taking care of myself. So then if you know my story very well, you know that Jonathan and I separated and then COVID hit, right? So then I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's go. And it really sparked my solo parent journey because right when we all went on lockdown, Jonathan attempted and then went away to Houston for some help for many, many weeks. And that was really my introduction to solo parenting. And after Jonathan came back and we were starting to reintegrate the kids, if you will, into his life very, very slowly, I began to find some balance, which balance never exists, FYI, but I began to take care of myself and really give myself the things I needed when the kiddos were with Jonathan so that I had a little bit of rebound time before I was always on. And then when Jonathan passed in April of 21, literally I got the call and I sprung out of my chair and immediately my brain was like, holy shit, that's fight or flight. Like I literally was running away from a bear that was not in my house because I was running away from the information that was given to me. And even with regulating my nervous system and knowing what to do and knowing how to do this and practicing this on myself for so long, I made it through the storm. I made it through the fight or flight. However, it still was very much fight or flight for the first year. And what I didn't expect was that second year. And I said it over and over and over, whether it was through my page or the podcast or stories or YouTube or whatever it was, I kept saying, I'm doing okay. The dust is settling in a really, really hard way. I don't think that I have ever felt so exhausted and low, if you will, not depressed low, but just exhausted and tired. I've never felt that in my entire life as I did year two. And that is hands down because my brain was finally starting to take the steps, like literally like a staircase, take the steps down to get my feet back on the ground. And this is what I want to talk to you about today because most people don't realize what that looks like. A lot of times I have individuals who have moved through trauma and, you know, they say, well, it's been a year, so it's, it's fine. It should be over. Like other people think it's just, so I just tell people I'm fine. And it doesn't have to be a loss of a spouse. It can be anything traumatic. These stories and this experience, my experience and whatever you've been through, they literally live within the blueprint of your brain. They live within the walls of your home, like your vessel and your compass, and they guide you. And the feeling that you will get when you start to come out of fight or flight is exhaustion, laziness, brain fog, fatigue, 
maybe even snapping at your loved ones or having zero patience for anyone. The reason being is think of a marathon, okay? Think of what you do before a marathon. You hear everyone carb up or carb load or whatever the heck they do, right? Before the race, because they know that they need that energy to be able to get through the weight, the race. Then they're exhausted and their body, maybe they have shin splints. Maybe their body feels tired. Have you ever had a hangover from drinking that lasts you more than one day, meaning like three days? Because I was never a big drinker like ever. And I don't drink anymore simply because well, many different reasons, but mostly because it's not good for my nervous system or my health. And I hands down feel that alcohol absolutely affected my nervous system very greatly. I used to think in college, like all of my girlfriends would go out Wednesday to Sunday. And I was like, how are you doing this and going to class and making grades? And like, how are you functioning? I would literally go out every now and then and I'd be like toast for days and I hated the feeling. But literally when I would drink, I would feel it the day after and I'd feel very, very low. And then if I had like two drinks or maybe three, which God, I can't remember the last time I had three drinks. That's crazy. But I absolutely would feel it on the third day. Same thing when working out, right? Maybe if you did a marathon your body will feel it the day after and the day after. Yeah. A lot of times when I was dancing, we would feel the soreness, maybe eh, not so bad the first day, the next day, like that third day. Oh boy, we were feeling it. Yeah. So your body, think of it as your body going through a marathon for an extended period of time. It's not like an Iron Man, right? It, it's not that freaking ends. Okay. But when your body goes through either trauma or remaining in a state of fight or flight, you don't even have to go through tom trauma to live in a state of fight or flight. You can simply just land the plane there and stay there. So many talk to me about how they've lived in this state of fight or flight for so long. Lots of parents say that. I have someone on my team who is currently moving through the process of finally stepping out of fight or flight and it almost feels worse than when you were in fight or flight. So there's a few things to understand within this. Number one, if you've remained in fight or flight for so long, your brain has been patterned to stay there. So that is your comfort. That is your safe space. That is how your brain believes you should function, right? So you have patterned your brain to function at a faster rate. Right. So then when I finally was like, let's step on the brake here. And I've always said I'm a seeker and the work of my life has been the gas, not the gas pedal, sorry, the brake, learning how to step on the brake. But learning how to step on the brake is wildly, wildly uncomfortable. It's exhausting and it takes effort because when you do, your brain, like I said, because it's patterned there. <laughs> It will think it's going haywire. It'll be like, what the heck? What is going on? Like, mm -mm. like, nope, you're lazy. You're worthless. Get off the couch. Do the to-do list. What the heck are you doing? All the different things, right? So you've got your little mini-me inside with all of your brain thoughts going, come on, 
come on, keep going. Let's go. What are you doing? Like get off the couch, stop being lazy. As well as your body is so fatigued. It's like doing 15 Ironmans. And that was like me at the time because I had done it for so many years plus some, right? Like I said, like it kind of kept compounding onto each other. It was just like the perfect storm that just kept going. And this horrific finale of devastation that led me into more fight or flight. And I cried a lot. Like I cried a lot the second year. I felt such sadness the second year. I felt such a state of, I don't know why I feel so exhausted. I still went and worked out every single day because I know my brain and body needs that. But there would be, I'm talking multiple months where I was in my workout and I was like thinking in my brain, you are in so much pain already. You are so exhausted already. Your body cannot take anymore. So like to push harder on the machine or to strain my muscle to be able to gain more strength or do all the things like I didn't have it in me. And I knew that. And so I would talk to myself and say, okay, Brooke, it's okay to simply be where you're at today. I'm proud of you for getting here, for move." for moving through the motions and continuing to move your body. But if you can't push more today, listen to that. And maybe tomorrow will be a different day. And I would have little glimpses through year two of like, oh, all right. Like maybe three or four days where I was like, okay, like, let's do this. Like, whoo, all right, let's push it. Yeah. And then I'd be like, I'd be so upset because then I would go back down and be like, oh God, I'm just... I can't, like, I just can't do it. But what I have found and what I teach my clients is if you allow yourself whatever you need in that time, it is a season and it is a time of your life. And that is what your body is requesting of you. So if you are attempting to step out of fight or flight, you are going to feel unproductive. You are going to feel lazy. You are going to have the little mini me voice inside your head say, get your ass off the couch. What are you doing? It's going to feel wildly uncomfortable. You may even feel low or down. You may even think to yourself, is this depression? Like, what is this? You may even feel like you're carrying a backpack with bricks on your back. No joke. Like, it it's just feels so heavy. But if you did an Ironman for 30 days every single day consecutively, which FYI, I don't really know exactly all what entails the Ironman. Like I couldn't like regurgitate it right now. Like it's this many miles and this da, 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 da. So hopefully you can complete it in one day. But if you can't, just imagine that you're basically doing an Ironman for 30 days consecutively. Do, do you think that on Monday morning after you finish that last, that 30th day, do you think you'd be like, all right, let's keep going? Like, no, your body would be so malnourished. You'd be exhausted. You'd have such lack and depletion of vitamins and, and minerals and, and water and like all the things. And so that stage of stepping out of fight or flight needs to be the most loving, caring, and nurturing time in your life. 
which means if that's something you're wanting, like if you're listening to this, you're like, I know I've been in fight or flight. I don't know how to get out of it. I don't know the steps to take. If you don't know, clearly we would love to work with you and Thrive is a wonderful place to start. I also have on-demand courses that are cheaper than Thrive or working with myself or my team. But that can kind of help you understand the steps to take and the toolbox that we give on how to regulate in real time. But if this is something you're actively working on right now is getting out of fight or flight, I want you to know it is okay to feel dark, low, and heavy. And what do you need to do? Rest. Like you need to give that to yourself. Not try and go push and do more. Yes, did I find a balance between continuing to move and be active? Absolutely. There is a balance between if we do nothing, then our body will continue to kind of go down, 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 down. So I want some light movement. Like give me five minutes. Give me 10 minutes of like slow walking outside in nature. Like that's what I prefer. And that's probably honestly what I should have done rather than go to my workout every single day. I did lots and lots and lots of yoga, lots of yoga year two and skipped my regular workout. I skipped my regular workout a lot too. Like I just skipped it for bed and just rested my body. But if this is something you're actively trying to work on now, if I could give you one piece of advice, like one thing to take away from this, it's sleep and water and nutrition. Sleep, water, and nutrition. And it's like, wow, really? Is it that easy? If you could give me two weeks... Two weeks of sleeping for nine to 10 hours, two weeks, and then come back and tell me how you're feeling, I'd love to know. Now, what stops us from getting that sleep? Yes, you want quiet time. Yes, you want to zone out with the TV. Yes, you want to do all the things, scroll the phone, do the TikTok. It's not worth it. You're just depleting your system more visually stimming on a screen on your phone, I like to say is worse than the TV because the TV is farther away, but your eyes are having to do effort and work when you are soaking that information in. As you know, I just recently got diagnosed with Hashimoto's and I put myself on that protocol as well. And I mostly get seven, eight hours of sleep, but I'm pushing it. I'm like, come on, Brooke, you can do 10. Like, let's go. Like, like, let's get 11. Like, let's do what we can. Like push and see how much sleep I can get to rest my body because that's what my body really needs. Right. And if you just did an Ironman, that's probably what your body would want too, or a marathon. That's what your body needs. If you are wanting, if you're listening to this and you haven't taken those first steps, but you're wanting to get out of fight or flight, what I want you to do is listen to the thoughts inside your brain when they're like, come on, you're lazy, you're this, you're that, all the different things. Just acknowledge them. Don't shame them because then it's shaming your brain and that is never healthy for your brain. So you just say, okay, thanks for sharing. Like, "Mm, all right, I hear you, but I'm going to still rest. Like, got it. But like, this feels really good. This feels really, really 
good. One thing I would do in between my clients last year is I would actually sometimes go lay on my couch because when you lay flat is your most regulated state in between, even if I had like 10, 15 minutes, I don't know if you, you don't remember my stories from last year, but sometimes I'd be like, hi, I'm just hanging out on the couch. Wanted to check in in between my clients. Like I would give myself any and absolutely every possible moment to just rest my body. It can feel so heavy and and dark and it can feel like it's never going to end. But if you fight it, if you fight the exhaustion, if you get your ass off the couch and say, you're right, all right, I got to do the to-do list. Like if you push through the patterning within your brain that has been for so long when you've been in fight or flight, that is going to stay. That part of your brain is winning. And to rewire that and to tell your brain, I know I'm not running on 100 miles a minute, but that doesn't mean I'm not safe. That is the key. Just because you're not running a million miles a minute and and focusing and staying in fight or flight anymore, we have to focus on letting your brain know, I'm stepping on the brake and I am safe. I don't need to run anymore. There's no longer a bear chasing me. There's no stop, drop, and roll. The smoke detector is not beeping. Like there's no fire in the house. I can do this. So basically what you're doing is you're recalibrating. You're recalibrating your system to say, I know we've always functioned like this. Like I know, I know that. Like I know I've always overfunctioned or, you know, to, to get to the career goal or I know I've always fun- overfunctioned to be, you know, Susie Homemaker or I know I've always overfunctioned to be the breadwinner for my family and I have nothing. Like I know I've always done that it's going to feel wildly uncomfortable. And that's when you may be like, where's my phone to like stim on your phone or like, I got to do something like this feels like you might feel agitated. You might feel annoyed. Like you're literally recalibrating your brain to say brain. I am okay. Gosh, I didn't know I was going to get choked up. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story. Last year I was walking downtown with someone And we were just enjoying the day and going in and out of shops. And I looked around me and I noticed how slow everyone was walking and everyone was talking and how they were just so present to just simply shopping, like window shopping or shopping in the stores, like whatever they were doing. And there was such an awareness of like, I want that. And this was really early on in year two. And it was such beautiful awareness for me of like, wow, I really am functioning at a different pace. I really am. And that's not to say that that pace didn't serve me well when I needed it most. And it protected me from feeling the things that I wasn't ready to feel and move through. Your brain and body is doing it for a reason, especially when it comes to trauma, right? 
There's other reasons like you've pushed your brain to do it so that you can get the promotion or you can make partner or you can get to the next level in your career. You know, I talk so much about this immediacy culture. The world and society has literally pushed us to this point of overfunctioning. The world, society, our jobs, it's pushed us to literally live in a state of fight or flight, right? So it may not simply be trauma. It may just be from your natural state of trying to keep up, not with the Joneses, but just keep up with the world. Like just keep up with how everyone else thinks and how we're all feeling that we need to function at this point in society. And it's that part is devastating to me because I don't really know a solution except for doing what I'm doing to help build awareness around that. But from that moment of walking down the street and seeing everyone just living life and my brain was just going a million miles a minute. And now I was actively working on it at the time as well. I was actively working on stepping on the brake actively. And it helped me see that much more, how much more I had to do and how much more I wanted to do and how much more I had to grow in terms of accepting that pace and accepting that hopeful stage of my life. And I would say that this summer, I've had such beautiful awareness of, I've really, really gotten to that phase and, and I am slowing down. And I honestly think that sometimes I walk slower than anyone in my family. And I'm not kidding you. If you listen to my podcast with Lolo, she talks about how her husband, Chris used to see me like speedy Gonzalez, like walking down the street and like 15,000 miles per minute. It was or opposite, but like, it was just the craziest thing. I would walk and walk and walk and walk and walk. Cause I had so much energy and that fight or flight energy and just so much cortisol. It was just so crazy, but I take my time and I have very much slowed down and we are truly not meant to do as much as we are doing in one full day. Like we aren't We're it's just the craziest thing what the world expects us to get done in one humanly single day. It's absolutely nuts. And so I share that story of walking down the street and just kind of observing the humans around me because you can do that too. You can look around you and see beautiful examples of other humans who are just living in the present moment and maybe don't have as much pressure or anxiety or state of fight or flight within their nervous system. And they're really able to just lean into their life right? And if that's something you want, you absolutely can have it. I'm a perfect example of that. If you want to be able to be present, not have your brain running a million miles a minute, not over-functioning, get out of that fight or flight trap that maybe you feel that you have been in for so incredibly long. Does it take time? I just told you year two was a doozy. So like, and I'm probably still working on it, even though I'm telling you this summer, I've really felt like, wow, like this is incredible how I feel. And I'm working on it even more because my autoimmune disease is literally telling me I still have more to do. 
And I think that was part of the reason why it was such a blow for me was like, wait a second, I've done all this work. And now this, like, what are you talking about? I've slowed down a lot. We'll see how that goes. But this is doable. The biggest crock of bull, like the biggest crock of shit out there on the internet right now is that you can effing do that in a week or you can do that in a moment. If you notice all my reels, I don't give you tons and tons and tons of like six steps to regulating your nervous system. I'm sorry, but that's bullshit. You can't heal your nervous system in one simple moment. It has to be a practice and a journey that you do for a very long time over time. I said this recently in a reel that it's all about three to 5%, three to 5%. And if you are feeling like you're a better partner, three to 5% each year, or you're a better parent and you're already a good parent, FYI. But if you are leaning towards growth or getting out of fight or flight and that even three to 5%, that much, right? Every single year, you're doing a great job. And so the biggest crock of bullshit out there on the internet right now is I can fix you in a day. I saw something recently, and I know this is so off topic, but I saw someone's account recently, literally her profile was like, stop the tantrums. Like basically... I can help you stop your child from tantruming. And she had an ad and I was like, like I just wanted to cringe inside because that is such a marketing technique to be like, shoot me your dollars and I'll give you the solution. That's the biggest crock of bull because humans, adults still have tantrums and meltdowns. So like to say that you're going to literally demolish all tantrums and you'll never see it again, like that's, it's not the truth, right? So when you see everyone say that they can quote, heal your nervous system or all the different things. Know that this takes time and that in order for it to be done the correct way, you have to give yourself grace and kindness and be gentle with yourself because it will not happen overnight. And if you have that expectation, you will give up and say, fuck it. And then keep going in a state of fight or flight. If you know that over time, this is going to slowly, right? Like a slow burn, three to 5%. Over time, you will get the result you're looking for. And again, I was speaking of someone on my team right now. She is doing such a wonderful job of stepping out of fight or flight for herself. And so many emotions are coming up for her and so many feelings are coming up for her because She's not in that state of shutdown anymore, right? When you're in fight or flight, your brain is offline. You are shut down. And so now that little by little she's slowing down, her brain is opening up and coming back online. And that allows you to feel a lot of uncomfortable things. And you definitely get through it, I promise you. But it's okay to, to feel that. It's okay to go one step at a time. It's okay to feel the exhaustion and the weight. And I promise you, like I promise you it will not last forever. And if you need to rewind that and listen to that again, please do so. And I'm going to say it again. It will not last forever. And it is so important to hear that and know that because we can get so stuck in thinking that this will last forever. 
And I fear that that's one of the reasons that others get into such a state of depression or take their own life like Jonathan is they don't see a way out. They don't think it's ever going to end. They don't think that it's ever going to stop. And so they're in such pain. They're, they are so miserable. Yes, that is the depression side of things, but you have to understand that your brain is recalibrating. It is not that you are broken. And if you say, okay, I know what this is. I know that my body is feeling all the this and all the that and the, all the feelings and the laziness and the lack of worth. Like, and I, I physically can't do much. And I, I feel like I have bricks on my back and I just want to sleep all the time. That's because your body needs it and it's asking for it. I haven't said this in a while, but your brain and body literally can regulate itself. We just push against it, ignore it, and do whatever we want to do instead. And that is what gets us into a heap of trouble is just completely ignoring that, right? So if you are wanting to get out of fight or flight or currently living in a state of fight or flight, know that it requires you to step on the brake. How do you do that? I would love to support you through that process. I don't believe anyone should do life alone. I think everyone should have support. If you're already stepping into that existence of getting out of fight or flight, and you're currently in a state of just heaviness and the exhaustion and depletion, know that that's where your body needs to be at this moment. And like I said, sleep, water, nourishment. That is literally like food is medicine. So take the time, give yourself the vegetables and the proteins and like, don't do the sugar like trust in your body that it can heal. And very slowly over time, your sparkle and your light will come back. Do I see some days where there's glimpses of it? And then some days where I'm like, Oh God, right around the corner. Here it is again. Absolutely. But does the amount of time that is extended, right? My, my glitter, my woohoo, that is extended. Every single year I see that. Every single year I see the progress that I'm making. And I just have to keep going and know that it is okay to simply be where I'm at. You can't expect to live in one state for possibly decades and then overnight be changed, right? You can't expect to say, I want to lose 10 pounds. And then tomorrow, boop, like you, boop, there you go. Like, you know, it takes time, right? But our brain has been conditioned for immediacy. So take the time that you need for you. If you are attempting or you are currently getting out of that state of fight or flight and rest, let's discuss rest for a second before we wrap. Like rest can look a million different ways. Rest does not mean you have to lay down. Rest does not mean you're lazy. Rest does not mean it's alone. Rest can be anything that is nourishing to your soul. If something is nourishing to your soul, like working in the garden or swimming laps, or for me, it's definitely not socializing. It's more of like, like solitude, <laughs> But for some, rest feels good when you're doing it together with someone or with a group or 
filling your cup. Yeah. Like do the things that feel good to you. Please go out in nature. Please go to some fresh water. Please get in the pool. Like, please do all the things like do the things that feel good for you. That's it. Like that's all you need to do. And I believe we've been taught that we should be functioning and sacrificing for everyone else in our lives. I am more regulated each and every day. And so are my children. And they've done a wonderful job of regulating themselves. And it's this beautiful, like everyone talks about like peeling back the onion, but honestly, it's like this beautiful, like rose that's like, opening and blossoming into our life and it's happiness and it's joy. And, you know, there used to, for instance, there used to be a time in my life right after Jonathan passed and even before Jonathan passed where I would say to my own support, like I, I don't have any more to give at night when I'm putting the kids to bed. It's like, I'm done. Good night. Like I, I, like I literally physically couldn't, like I, I I could barely see straight. And then slowly years ago, there was a moment where I gave myself two minutes and I'll never forget those two minutes. And I was so proud of those two minutes. And we turned on Eli's little starlight on the sky in his room. And we just laid on the floor and just like stared there in silence And I was like, I gave Eli two minutes. I'm so proud of myself. So it's not about the whole enchilada, right? It's about the moments. And now I'm at a place and I have been for a while, but now I'm at a place where I don't care how long bedtime takes. Like I have so much capacity to be able to do these things and to cuddle and snuggle and have the conversations, which are my favorite time away, my favorite time of the day, by the way. And read the books and, and Charlie's loving meditation at night. And we're having such beautiful conversations. And this took time. This took time. So please give yourself what you need and trust within your brain and your body and trust that this is simply where you're at for right now. And hopefully me sharing with you my journey will help you see that it is doable and that It doesn't happen overnight, but it does take place and you can have that. So until next time, take care of yourself and find the rest that feels warm and comforting and so supportive and so loving for you and you alone. XOXO, Dr. B.